show kept getting bigger. And over the years, I've been going the, the other way. Like, I like had the big show, and now I've been like scaling it all back and coming back down towards the close-up. And I realize that's my favorite type of magic. That's what I want to be doing. It's the close-up, the sleight of hand. You know, when there's an intimacy with the audience, you're really connecting with them. Hello, and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring you the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survived the city of dreams, Los Angeles. I'm your host, Daniel Tuttle, and with me, as always, is the producer of Hollywood Hustle, my good friend, Mr. Michael Lutheran. Hey, everyone. Hey, Michael. How's it going, buddy? Hey, man. Doing good. Doing good. I, I can't believe... We went through last week, and we're already into week two. It was a war with just social media <laughs> and p- p- tweeting and Instagramming and uploading and uploading and Instagramming. But never have I been more excited to I, have my phone buzzing, seriously, like every few seconds. Oh no, it, you know, for me, what was really crazy was praying that we got iTunes approval <laughs> before we were supposed to release the next day. Like we're like, yeah, six six, we're gonna release six six and I submit like Sunday night for iTunes approval and like by like the afternoon we still hadn't got it. I'm like oh no. Well we 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 had a one gentleman tweet at us asking, you know, is it gonna be available on iTunes? And we both had that moment where we both messaged each other and we're like, when is this going to happen? Yeah, it's 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 gonna happen. <laughs> well it's not that we didn't know that it was going ha- to happen. It's just this was our first time together yeah. launching a podcast. Well, and we also w- want to have that time of knowing when it's going to yeah. launch. Well, what, you know, a lot of people may not know who haven't tried to you know start a podcast. iTunes actually has people that listen to the podcast. So one thing I read after the fact was you need to upload a promo first. Mm. So it's a shorter thing for them to listen to. And then they'll approve your podcast that way. That way you're already set up for the full episode. So in the future, the next time I start a different podcast, when this one succeeds so much that people are crying out for something else. We need more beard through the mic. Right. Then I know I'll upload like a two minute promo to iTunes for approval. Well, let's take a moment and thank Gary from iTunes. <laughs> Gary Inspector number 475 at iTunes. Thank, thank you, Thank you Gary. so much. Gary's our best friend. Yay, Gary. But no, you know, it's it's been a, it was a crazy week. It was really exciting to see not only the 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 responses but our friends and family members sharing our posts uh doing insta stories about our posts people that we didn't ask them to katra parkman is the first one that comes to my mind absolutely uh she was going on uh on her instagram uh post talking about the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh you know she on a personal note she kind of linked us up with a couple of other podcasts one of them being if you like inside acting uh, podcast which is one that i've been listening to ever since i moved down to los angeles trevor algott and aj meyer those two are some amazing gentlemen, and and of course, uh, story matters with Kurt and story matters, also, which yeah. is a great podcast. So it was just so amazing to hear this coming from someone that I know and obviously respect, and putting us in those uh, pillars of amongst those podcasts. Now I don't know about you, um, but when it was uploaded, at least the first episode, I went into iTunes and I just pushed play <laughs> because. <laughs> I, one, I want to hear how it sounds uh, on through the iTunes app, the podcast app, to make sure it sounds good and that it's working. Um, but I kind of kept listening. <laughs> I was like, is this weird listening to yourself interview people? But 
It was so awesome to be like, that's our podcast in the iTunes store, just waiting for people to subscribe. Yeah. And just to, so people know, we did obviously listen to these uh, <laughs> episodes before they yes. dropped. Yes, we But did. there's a difference when you're listening to it, trying to catch for any other little mishaps or anything like that, and then listening to it on the actual uh, platform. For me, I, I'm subscribed to Stitcher Radio mm-hmm. because I'm an Android user. Uh, hey, hey, Stitcher's awesome, okay? Uh, no, not Hayden. No, not Hayden. But so for me, it was definitely like today, I was listening to both episodes on and off throughout the workday. And it was a moment of just sitting back and being so happy. Mm-hmm. That sense of accomplishment. All right. I mean, this has been... February, March, April, four months worth of preparation and work. And then another year and a half before that, just sitting in my brain. I mean, I remember telling you about this at least a year ago. Oh, definitely. If I, not more. It was when we were in transition of different projects. Yeah. And I, I remember just mentioning like, oh, I have this idea of something I'd like to do. You know, like everybody does like, hey, I have this thing I want to do. And then it kind of sits in a file folder somewhere in your computer for a year. Um, <laughs> and then, the you know, coming to the new year is saying, let's do it. And and here it is. And for, you know, I just want—I know we talked in the you know the host episodes last week. Um, we got a, we got a little real and emotional, mm-hmm. but I mean, thank you for coming on this journey with me and being a huge part of why this is here. And I, we have so many great episodes coming up and so many more to come that I, I just can't wait. I couldn't be more honored that for you to have asked me. And going back with how Kurt Mega talked about last week of just saying yes to mm-hmm. opportunities. It's so easy in this town to be looking for opportunities uh, to engage with and to connect with. And sometimes it can be a stressful moment of like, oh, how much time will I have to commit to this project? Mm -hmm. But when you asked me to be a part of Hollywood Hustle, there wasn't a moment of doubt Mm -hmm. that there was going to only be growth for me, at least just being a part of this. I'm going to meet some incredible artists. I'm going to learn so much and you and I get to further develop our personal and creative relationship. Mm-hmm. And that means more than anything else. Well, you know, I got, I got a text last week uh, from a good friend of ours, uh, Josh Almatos. Oh yes. And uh, what he, up Josh? He just, you know, said that he congratulated us on the podcast launching and, and stuff like that. And, and one of the things he asked, you know, I told him, it's like, it's been so crazy of people, you know, we, we recorded a lot of episodes early to have a nice setup to get ready for the podcast. And the fact that we got people on here, uh, like, you know, Ashley Nunes, uh, Ashley Nunes, who we, we didn't know yeah. personally. And we just reached out to her, thought she seemed like a cool interview. And she said, yes, without, with no podcast to listen to, like there's no, she had nothing, no reference to one who we were and to what this is, but she met us and we had an awesome interview. And I think, that just shows one how much people see in this podcast and in this concept, you know, and so I'm so happy to bring that out there. Well, so much about this town can have sometimes a negative connotation of it's just artists looking to get work for themselves. Actors are only interested in booking roles if they know it's going to benefit them. But this is just a wonderful example of how positive Los Angeles can really be and how trusting uh, the people in this town are and that you can have two guys with a podcast just starting out trying to just get a diverse 
uh, amount of stories built up to get ready to launch and to have someone like Ashley just say yes. Mm-hmm. Again, that mantra of just say yes to opportunities. You never know who you're going to meet. And that was just a wonderful interview and uh, one that's going to be coming to listeners here in just a couple weeks. Yeah. Now, in the sense of personal creative ventures that we've been on, uh, you know, we, we've talked we talked a little bit in the uh, host episode last week, the Team Hustle episodes, about where we were in our creative journeys and stuff like that. Um, currently, I'm still working on some scripts and outlining. I mean, that's usually most of my stuff. There's rarely, I think, ever going to be any big announcements for a while. But uh, what are, what's going on with you, Mike? Yeah, well... I since some of the recordings that we did uh, for last week's podcasts, uh, I did have that performance over at Santa Monica Theater, uh, the evening of short plays, mm-hmm. uh, th- which went fantastic. It was a wonderful experience. Thank you uh, of just working on a couple great uh, one act plays and to be working in a new space was always great. Uh, I am now back taking classes at the acting studio as well. And yesterday marked our first full class back of us getting on stage or uh, getting in front of the class and just diving in. And I was the first one to go. Of course you were. And so uh, for listeners, you might not recall, I'm currently studying the Meisner technique. And so took the six week introductory period and had a couple weeks off. Definitely some of my old habits came back a little bit, but right now we're just focusing on practicing certain types of behavior mm-hmm. and committing to that behavior while while stilling with an interruption of some kind. It was a moment of just going in and trying to find it, but still committing to it. I, there are definitely things that I did wrong, but it felt so good to not hold myself back mm-hmm. in a way and to find out that the things that I could have worked on were just simple misunderstandings that I had about the exercise itself. Right. But... It's going great. Now, in order to support that venture of taking classes and everything, uh, classes in this town are not cheap, but mm-hmm. I do also think that it's good to invest in one's career and one's craft. So I decided to take up uh, Uber. The ancient art of Uber. The, the ancient art of Uber and add my car to the fleet of many mm-hmm. in this town. And that is going to be a resource that I use to help pay for classes mm-hmm. are you gonna have scripts and headshots sitting in your passenger seat as soon as a passenger gets in my car i'm going to give them the sides for an upcoming audition that i have and just tell them we're running this go <laughs> i have an audition tomorrow i need your help <laughs> don't throw up in my car <laughs> exactly and also i want to learn this by road so can we just do this with no emotion possible no gri- no grammar or anything we're just going we're doing going 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 no going. punctuation no punctuation go. and now let's react emotionally react go you're doing the and then you critique them on their read exactly and then i tell them to get out the car <laughs> <laughs> you go i like your smile and then they don't respond you go i like your smile <laughs> Yeah, we just do repetition. Repetition the whole time. The, the whole time. So this week, we start our regular release schedule. Correct, Mike? Yes, that is correct. So we're not doing six episodes in one week again. We could if you want. How Can you check? Just Do we have enough episodes to, to last I, us for like a year? I think we that? have another good couple hours. Worth. Okay, cool. So now let's not do it. Let's save yeah. it. We'll save it. Yeah. So we'll now it. every Tuesday, the first act of the series, either the interview series or the Team Hustle episodes will be out. And then act two will be released on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And I would say that maybe this next interview is what I'd call magical. Like Gryffindor? Oh, definitely magical? Harry Potter status. De- definitely. Like I'm sensing he's... Oh, he might be more of a Ravenclaw. 
Or, or Slytherin? No. Maybe Hufflepuff? Definitely Hufflepuff. Definitely yeah, Hufflepuff. Definitely Hufflepuff. But on today's episode, I sit down with an award-winning comedy magician who has performed all over the world, from the Horizon Casino and Resort in South Lake Tahoe to the Monte Carlo in Las Vegas. He was also on several television shows, which we talk about. But what I'm most excited about for you to hear is how this magician found his way into magic. I love magic, so this was so exciting for me. Get ready, everyone. You're going to hear Daniel geeking out oh, a lot I geek in this out episode. so hard in this episode. But he played at birthday parties and then went on to doing huge crowds. And now he's decided to start focusing more on close-up, intimate magic again and having that relationship with the audience. And so this is so exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy my interview with the great Mr. Joel Ward. Now take it away, Daniel, in The Magician's Lair. Well, I am here with Mr. Joel Ward. Joel has been performing since he was six years old. At 15, he placed first at the International Brotherhood of Magicians annual competition. Since then, he has performed magic all over the world, including South America, Europe, and China. I believe that's how you say it. He has, he has performed for Justin Timberlake, Katy Perry, and Emma Stone, who he also consulted for on a 2014 short film by Vogue magazine, directed by the one and only Ruben Fleischer. He performed on The Bonnie Hunt Show and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He has also performed all over L.A., including the famed home of magic, The Magic Castle. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Ward. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. All right, sit down. All right. <laughs> You're not that on was, stage, Joel. Oh, You're oh, not on oh, stage. Okay. All right, all right. I was like, wow, that was an intro, man. So. I, well, it was either that or to go, ladies and gentlemen, this guy. This guy, right? You can't see him. You can't see he's him. Here. He's yes. here. I promise I'm not just talking to me and then throwing my voice to another time. <laughs> it's just a disembodied voice. It's me. I'm interviewing me. We couldn't get a guest today. It's just me. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, super excited. Uh, I just yeah. want to start off by saying, like, I am, like, the biggest magic fan. I wanted to be a magician when I was a kid so bad. And there's times when I, like, see people like you who are so good at it, there are moments of, like, no, <laughs> like it, it never happened. So did you ever like try? Or? Oh man, I did. I, yeah. I tried like like kind of in a hobbyish yeah. kind of way. Like I knew a few small tricks and I did, I knew a few card like, oh, that this was your card and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, I was never great at the, uh, I never performed yeah, anyway. Gotcha. If, if anything, I probably performed for my mom. I feel and it it's terrible. like one of those hobbies that like a lot of kids get into right, like, right. early on. Absolutely. Because you know? it's like, yeah. It's the, it's the wonder. It's right. the imagination. Right, exactly. What, and, and it's that like I can trick someone, right? And that to me is exciting. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean. Yeah, no, I loved all that stuff. Like I loved like uh, not only the magic, but I loved like the spy tech and like you know like uh, you know like the, the glasses with the mirrors, like so you could like <laughs> see behind you and like the alarms, like you know when when I had an older brother, so oh nice. Did yeah, you so, did you make him disappear a lot? Well, you know, I I had to uh, you know I you know he was older and he would steal my stuff and you know beat me up and stuff so i would i would have to you know and to this day he's still a bunny <laughs> <laughs> um that's my brother's that's a rabbit yes <laughs> was he always a rabbit joel <laughs> let's be honest no uh i it was funny because I, I when i talked to you on the phone i remember like i was telling you like i would force my mom to drive me like 20 miles not 20 miles 20 minutes away from our house to this like small magic shop but and these guys were pushers yeah like they're like what do you want do you want to get this you want to right. get this? let me oh, show yeah, you completely. let me show you all the great stuff we have and I'm like, 
no, I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> like I, I'm not there for the Pharaoh's box of doom. Like right, I'm, right. Not, I'm not at that point in my trickery. Oh, that's the classic, the Pharaoh's box. <laughs> the Pharaoh's box oh, of yeah, doom. Yeah, it really, a... I feel like it ends kind of disappointedly because <laughs> there's no Pharaoh at the end. Uh, so let's just kind of go back to the beginning. Yeah, you, for you, sure. You grew up in San Diego, I did, not yeah. San Francisco. San no, Diego. Sa- San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. What was that like? What what is San Diego? What's the air of San Diego? Well, I grew up in a little town. I was um I was born in La Jolla and I grew up in Cardiff by the Sea. And Cardiff by the Sea is like a little uh town in North County, San Diego, uh, about 30 minutes north of the city. It's a little beach community right next to Encinitas, uh kind of you know, just north of Del Mar, south of Carlsbad. Um and it's really cool. It was great. Like growing up there was amazing. Like it's this bubble of greatness you know it was like it was just this like magical place like you know i I could walk down you know down the hill go to the beach um you know like it wasn't i i i don't feel like it was the like a a place for performers to really grow up because there were so many distractions right you You couldn't really focus and like yeah exactly But um, but for some reason I did get into magic and right. I stuck with it and now I, read I was able to. Most but. of the stuff I read at the introduction I got off Wikipedia, and we know how okay. trustworthy Wikipedia is. Oh yeah, totally. So uh, so w- now in there it said your dad gave you a book when yeah. you were around around six, and that kind of what trajected you towards the the magician realm. Yeah, for um, sure. So can you talk about like kind of what what w- what was the growth in that and the evolution from I got this book to oh my gosh, I want to do this. Like So I really, okay, so at five, I really wanted to be a brain surgeon. My dad, like, used to work as an orderly in a hospital, and he would tell me stories of, like, taking, like, body parts to the morgue, and I was like, that's so cool. I'm that gonna, sounds awesome. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to work with blood and cut up, like, brains. <laughs> and then at six, I saw this magician at Cardiff Elementary School, and he picked me for a trick called the Chinese linking rings, where mm-hmm. the magician takes two silver rings and they linked together. But he told me I was going to be the magician, and he gave me the rings, and they linked together. And I thought I, I did magic. The whole school thought I did magic. Everyone applauded, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a magician. <laughs> so I went home and told my mom. I started booking parties right yeah, away. right away. I was like, I'm a magician, right? Uh, and um, so my, at first, my parents got me this magic kit, and it was like 30 tricks, like super cheap, you know, like a puzzle kit almost. And my dad got this idea that if I was going to learn the tricks out of the kit, I would just treat it like another uh, hobby, right. throw it into the closet, and move on. So he took it back before I could open it and got me this book on sleight of hand, uh, Mark Wilson's Complete Course in Magic. And he he helped me. Like We read it together. So we, um, we, we sat down one Christmas morning, and we learned how to do a thing called the French drop, which was like a sleight of hand technique with a coin where you make a coin disappear. And that was it for me. It was like, oh my god, this like, this is so cool. Like, this is like a craft. Like, I have to learn. You know? Did it initially? I mean, obviously, it takes practice and practice and practice to yeah. any kind of magic trick or illusion. But did it? The feeling of it? Did it come naturally, or was it something that kind of grew you know over what? time? Sleight of hand does not come naturally. It's like you know, probably like uh, I would I would think it would be like learning an instrument. You know, it's like very unnatural. Right. right? You know, you pick it up for the first time. Um, but this idea of wonder and like tricks, like 
it was very fascinating. Right. So I was like, I don't, I don't care if it doesn't come naturally, you know. Right, right. And and also when you when you when you're starting, like yes, I learned like how to do the French drop and a few sleight of hand techniques from this book when I was six. Right. But I was also at the magic shop, like you said, mm-hmm. seeing all these like great gimmicks of like the box of pharaohs, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so so for me, like that was really fascinating to like see the gimmicks and like so i i wanted to start buying the 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 the, the tricks that worked you know like self-working magic tricks right that, you know like because I, I just wanted to know how the puzzle worked right no absolutely yeah um so what was the what's the performing uh area like in san francisco was it, is it a big theater area uh, a performance area or is it well more i think san francisco is a huge performing did I say area san francisco? yeah so you sorry. did yeah no san diego man um, this is... but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't really be able to tell you how uh, about san diego <laughs> let's move to san diego let's well, go down, down south. in san diego uh we have a lot of uh, mexican food and uh palm trees and nice um san diego yeah it's a mellow town it's mm. not like there wasn't like I started performing at birthday parties when I was okay. ten, so that was like my first thing. So it was like from six to ten, I was learning. I learned tricks for four years. I was like, I'm gonna become a birthday party magician. Now these were already like set tricks that you probably got from like the store, right? Well, or it was you... a combination of yeah. of sleight of hand stuff that mm-hmm. that I learned mm-hmm. and like tricks. Mm-hmm. And so I created this birthday party magic show with my older brother, oh, who got into magic with me around the same time still a bunny let's remind right you. still Completely. a bunny still a bunny <laughs> and we created this birthday party show and we booked ourselves as the ward brothers magicians oh cool and uh and we did like a few birthday parties we had another friend that got into magic and the three of us were doing magic and then i was the only one who kind of stuck with it mm-hmm. and pretty soon like one gig led to the next i took out a yellow page ad I was like, when you were ten, I was like, uh, like ten or eleven. Oh wow! When my first Yellow Page ad came out, and and then just I for was those that don't calls. know, Yellow Pages was a book that you'd get oh, at yeah. your house with phone numbers in it for businesses and people, uh, almost like what you would see a Google would be nowadays, but in book form. Thanks for that no, clarification. For those that may yeah, not know right. what a Yellow yes. Pages for those twelve-year-olds uh, listening, <laughs> yes, right? thank like, you so much. Oh, that means. <laughs> and the pages were yellow. They were yellow. Yeah. There was also a white pages, and that was for phone numbers. Yes, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, yellow pages, freaking birthday parties. Uh, just I was just yeah, it was great. I'd started uh, just making money. Like I was like it was <laughs> like a business. How much did you charge? I I start. I think my first show was ten bucks. Okay, and then it was like fifteen, and then it would like go up in five dollar increments, and then twenty five dollar increments. What was your schedule like? And now I'm up to like a hundred (laughs) dollars. Oh, you're rolling in it now. A year (laughs) ice cream for (laughs) milkshakes for everybody. (laughs) Uh, What What was your? Were you booking a lot, like several parties a week, or? So I would do like, um, yeah, I would do like a couple birthday parties every every weekend, Mm -hmm. and. and that got me through until I was in high school, and then I started performing at Magic at Restaurants. I was the magician at Red Robin in Encinitas. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I, they booked me as the Red Robin, but they're like, but you don't have to dress up as the Red we Robin. We do need you to dye your hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I did wear a red suit. I bought this really lame red suit. Nice. I was like, oh, you know. like. But you stand out. You're right. Also, so I like, stood so out, and I walked around, and yeah, yeah. did card tricks, and passed out business cards, and got more birthday parties. Fantastic. And like, yeah, I had a little little business going through high school. It was, it was pretty That's good. A, now, when when was the moment you were like, you know what, I I could do this 
full time full time as yeah. a career and who needs to learn how to do math well i think like during uh like during high school i i realized that's this is what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and i was like really involved i started competing in magic contests i was like joined the magic castle up here in hollywood right would take the train up and there was a junior program where i learned from master magicians and so i really was absorbed i was like 100 percent into the community right. and like but i knew like Okay, like maybe, yeah, maybe this would be a fun full time thing, but I wasn't quite ready after high school. Right, right. I was like, I still have like some growing up to do. <laughs> still need to yeah. learn something. But I immediately moved out. Like 17, I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't turn 18 until the fall after I graduated high school. I moved out that summer. I got an apartment, paid for it. Wow. And been now, on my own, um, support myself LA ever or? since. No, I stayed, stayed in, in Cardiff. And okay. Um, I lived in North County for until I was about like 2020 mm-hmm. and then uh, moved around. I went to like Atlantic City for like a summer gig at the Tropicana Casino oh, wow. and then up to Lake Tahoe for like a year and then finally moved to LA about, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe? Was there, a, mag- 10 years? Was there a magician that you kind of looked up to that you kind of like... I don't want to say like mirrored, but oh, kind of, of took a lot of your inspiration. From oh, it. I think most magicians like, you know, will like, like growing up, like, uh, the, like the big guys were like David Copperfield, of right. course. Right. Absolutely. Like he's, he's still a God, but like, <laughs> you know, he was, he was the man, like he was on television every year. He had his big, like CBS, like TV show right. or, and, uh, he was touring. So I mean, everyone wanted to be David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at the time was this guy named Lance Burton in Las Vegas, and he had a show at the Monte Carlo, and uh, he was a huge inspiration, um, par- partially because he he did a whole TV show on Young Magicians, and oh, wow. he showcased me on there. So right, I remember reading about that. Yeah, so uh, I was 15, and I was in high school. And I had to take a week off of like school, you know. I was <laughs> and like, you're like yes. I'm going to go film a TV show in Las Vegas. It's no Vegas. big deal, you know. And the principal's like, you can't just take a week off. I was like, yes, I can. And then you, like, you threw down a smoke bomb and yeah. disappeared, and I was gone. Yeah, but <laughs> you turned like, her into a bunny. As well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, so he was like a huge inspiration um, at the time, and. You know, I think over the years, you know, different magicians become popular at different times. Right, absolutely. There's different fads, you know, right, uh, no, of people, you know, that go in and out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, those those were probably the two main guys, Copperfield and Lance. Was comedy always kind of a part of your act, or did that no, come later? that came later. Yeah, I was the serious magician for, like, the longest time. So after high school, I wanted to be David Copperfield. I wanted to be the illusionist. Like, I, w- I loved the spectacle. I wanted a Las Vegas show. So I started getting the big boxes and the illusions. I, I got birds. Uh, I had an assistant. I would use fire in my act. Like, I was like, I want the confetti launchers. Like, I want the freaking razzle-dazzle. <laughs> like you want the motor yeah. lights. That... I, you know, they're like, okay, well, and then, so I bought a truck. Oh, no, my first car was a, a I bought an old uh, beer Miller light van. <laughs> And it was a paneled <laughs> van. Nice. And it had like a cage in it. Oh, that's cool. So I bought it used, and and then I advertised on the side. It was like Magic by Jewel. Now, question was a was a van with a cage in it a good way to pick up chicks? At the time, it was great. <laughs> now, a thirty three year old driving around Hollywood in <laughs> with, that van with, a, with would a cage, be, uh, awkward, super creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But hey, eight, ladies, you guys want to see a magic eighteen? Trick? You know, had a big wave on the side. It said Magic by Joel. It was a great. It was. It was. It was a great chick. <laughs> oh at my the time. god. Yeah. What was was magic? Now, there's there's always that like battle of like is magic cool? 
where like the you know people use it on like movies and television where it's like it's kind of the dorky thing like the dorky oh, yeah. kid do magic oh, or yeah. like girls are always kind of turned off by it like oh, they're yeah. like oh you do magic is that is that real or did you find like that people were kind of like drawn to you because of well it, yes your magic is dorky yeah it's super dorky <laughs> and and it also attracts a a, a certain type of person right. to it you know mm-hmm. and i think it attracts a lot of dorks and and nerds because it's an easy thing to get uh reactions from but wh- i guess my question like why why is it because i feel like it is it because it's something you have to work really hard at and practice and so like anything like that's kind of nerdy something that you like you know playing an instrument at some point is considered nerdy is it because you constantly have to work on it well i oh well there's a couple there's a couple different reasons Mm -hmm. well one you can go to a magic shop and you can buy a self-working magic trick Mm -hmm. and you can perform it and get gasps from from audience and it's easy to do like there's no skill required right so certain people get into that because they're like oh now i'm like fitting in and people are liking me so they so it attracts this weird you know uh type of person um myself included you know i'm I'm definitely i feel like i am that guy you know (laughs) um but on the other hand like i did find that it was kind of cool too like i and i also kind of treated it well i I, it was probably you know from growing up in like a surf skate community but you know i kind of had this like fun like like, hey, I'm just like the guy next door who does magic tricks, you know? And, <laughs> and uh, it was. It, it kind of worked for me as kind of a, a cool cool thing. Cool thing. It yeah. attracted kind of people to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. awesome. yeah. That's awesome. Maybe it deals with also your personality. If yeah. If you I have that, so, like, yeah. outgoing social personality right. mixed with the magic and you do it at the right times right and you're not always not mr always, magic right like you know? every day <laughs> every at the grocery day, store, the store right in line yeah. it's like oh ma'am could i borrow one of your eggs <laughs> right like, boom it's a bird right it's like do you carry that with you wherever you go sir yes yes, yes I, I, do. I do that's my oh my brother's running away let's <laughs> catch him uh so you you started developing your craft uh what is what's the kind of the stages of growth for a magician like you know you know you start with is it you know card tricks then coins then boxes like what yeah. what would you say were like your phases of growth as a magician? yeah so like so i i started off um doing close-up magic mm-hmm. you know card tricks sleight of hand stuff so i was reading this book this this complete course in magic mm-hmm. and i was learning how to this palm. is the slight yeah. yeah so i was like learning how to palm a coin and palm a card and so i really started with like the the basics of of sleight of hand right and and learning so once you learn like all the these fundamentals of like sleight of hand absolutely you can start creating your own tricks because there's only so many different things you can do as a magician you can make something appear or disappear or change colors or float Mm -hmm. or you know um so there's only there's only so many principles that you can do right so you have to just constantly recreate and and reinvent repackage yeah so um so the growth for me was learning the slights mm-hmm. and then it was like having like a show you know like doing birthday parties which was like you know you're performing for sometimes 40 50 kids so you need like a little like table and maybe some bigger props right and then for me I would I wanted that stage show I, I want to be on stage in Las Vegas mm-hmm. so the show kept getting bigger mm-hmm. And over the years, I've been going the, the other way. Like, I, like, had the big show, and now I've been, like, scaling it all back and coming back down towards the close-up. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's my favorite type of magic. That's what I want to be doing. It's right. the close-up, the sleight of hand, 
w- w- you know when there's an intimacy with the audience you're really connecting with them and um i don't know that's yeah i, I love it so right the, the you said the comedy aspect of it came years later like i was i was performing for ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus and um Rest in peace, Ringling, right? Yeah. Because um, they just ended. Yeah, they just closed. Yeah, yeah they yeah. closed for, yeah. for good. They just closed. 100 years. They were. So I, I was on this uh, tour called the. Um, I don't even know the name of the tour, but it was uh, it was the Gold Circus. It was their smallest circus. They had like three different circuses. They mm-hmm. have like the red, the blue, and the gold. And the gold was a, a truck and trailer show. Okay. And, so like old, uh, like almost like Dust Bowl style yeah. ca- carnival. Yeah, exactly. Kind of so it was like these sports arenas, and we toured the East Coast, and then we went down to Puerto Rico. And I was like doing big illusions for like 5,000 people, and like I would have to perform on one side of the arena and then run over here. <laughs> but I was surrounded by all these these clowns and they made me wear ridiculous like rhinestones in these like horrible clothes <laughs> and i was like oh this is this is not serious like <laughs> i cannot be serious doing this anymore like i realized how ridiculous it was right and then i think that's where the the comedy aspect came so in it just grew from almost yeah like and i started just like having almost. like fun and like getting laughs and i was like oh i kind of enjoy this more than i do being like the serious the magician. over hello Hello. Are you ready to be mystified? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always love when I'm like, whenever I I do go to some short show, sort of illusionist type show, and I hear like, "Are you ready?" and like, it's like this weird, and they like the lights go down. Are you ready? It's like, are you ready to be mystified? Your mind turned upside down. The world changed forever. It's like. Is there a guy just like side stage with a microphone just holding hello? <laughs> and he gets done, he's like, guys, that was great, right? <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> we need you to do it again, Steven. Okay. Um <laughs> All right, so you so you what were your first tricks? Like what were your your first like I guess not not like, obviously you did the card trick and the coin trick. Kind of what was your first like I guess um Act? story yes, yeah, story yeah. trick, I guess almost narrative trick. So so I I guess the the first real act I created. I started um working with this mentor um this magician named Lauren Christopher Michaels, not the guy who produces SNL. <laughs> Lauren Michaels did right, that. Right. Right. <laughs> you but heard he, it here first. But folks. he had, you know, the same name. And um so he he taught um creativity in magic. Mm-hmm. And he really encouraged his students to be original. So we created, uh, I was working on a bird act at the time. And, I would, and that means that I manipulate doves, like right. birds. Does it and, always have to be doves? Well, doves are just super docile, like okay. super like chill animals. And they're super easy to work with because they're just, they're basically dumb. You know? <laughs> like, cool, cool. Like, you know, like a parakeet. Right. is like smart right and i was like no i'm not gonna do that and it's like <laughs> chirps and bites your finger and then flies away is this and happened dove, to you i feel like you oh, tried it with i it? tried parakeets didn't, <laughs> didn't it didn't work mm. but doves they just kind of like look at you and they'll just sit there and then they'll take a shit oh. you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm a dove I'm not that smart it's like, yeah okay you were, yeah okay cool i civilized peace Right. So I think magicians, you know, started, they realized that and they started working with them. And now it's like just caught on as like a, right. a thing to do. A thing. The, right. the, the symbol of right. all magicians. Magician. The dove. Dove. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you were working on a, a bird so act. So I started working on this bird act mm-hmm. and um, I started working with this mentor and we created this very original bird act. It was like origi- original in a sense where, you know, we thought we were creating the tricks for the first time. Right. And, um, 
and I start competing with that that, that act. So it was a silent act, and I would use music. Mm-hmm. So it was this like seven minute act to like Mortal Kombat, like and then I would like come out and like do stupid bad poses <laughs> and like you know like stand awkward. You can't see him, but he is posing oh, right yeah, now, and it is fantastic. Right? And do lunges, and then I would like. <laughs> pull out a match from my lapel and like light flash paper and then bird would come out and fly back to me and i was like i'm badass i'm I'm a magician look at me yeah (laughs) so that was like super fun but yeah that was like i was gonna say did you fight the birds (laughs) mortal kombat (laughs) finish him finish him (laughs) man those birds meanwhile the dog just like what? What? Right? What, what is happening? What's going on, guys? This is a good movie. Are we about to watch this? <laughs> Dude, those birds last forever. So I got my first dove when I was like eight. Let's bring him on the show. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he? She just passed away. Oh, she I feel lived bad now. To like twenty-four years old. Oh wow, it's crazy. That's why. Did you do one last trick with her? Um. Well, yeah, we buried, buried her. <laughs> like. Yeah, I you know I don't even he disappeared know. disappeared her into the ground. I don't know where she, but like the, I don't. Allison, my girlfriend, took care of the body, so I don't oh, know. Gotcha. Yeah, I was like too heartbroken. Oh, I she's bet. like, I'll take care of it. Oh, that's nice of her. I was like, what do you? What did you do with it? And she's like, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you. I was like, that's probably better. That's yeah. probably best. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. I, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'm sure you grew. I'm like any animal or pet. I'm right. sure you grew very attached. Yeah. Do. You, uh, did you did you ever? This is just me asking because I talk to my dog, and you know people oh, yeah. talk to their animals as if they're human beings. Right. Did you ever bounce ideas off with the bird with like, the with the dove? Like when you're thinking of ideas, did you ever like? Do you think this? Yeah, I think this would be a good idea. <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? You know I um, yeah, they just kind of stare at you, <laughs> and then they like kind of coo, <laughs> like if I, and then they're, and you're they're like, just like, thank you, that's what I needed. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, they're not like a dog or a cat where right, you right. can be like. Yo, what's up? Like, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. No, they're kind of just like they'll look at you, and there's kind of this like sweet, like tender, like thing in their eyes where they're like, "Hey, we're really fragile and like not that smart, so be really nice to us," you know. So you kind of look at it, and you're like, "Oh." I think my like, dog has that same look. I'm not, oh, yeah. Like I was like, I'm re- I'm not that smart, but I'm and I'm fragile, but. I love you. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> that 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 affectionate look. That's yeah. awesome. Um now did you was that when you performed at parties still for uh, kids parties things like that or was that more for the stage? So that was shows? for the uh so I created the act for the competition market. Oh, okay. And so so I was competing at magic contests and then I started performing that act um at the Magic Castle uh, when I joined the junior program up here. So I was okay. 15 when I joined. I probably started doing the act on the stage up there when I was 16. And they would give us, the juniors, they would give us a week a year to perform on the the Magic Castle stage. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that was three shows a night for a week, seven days. So it was 21 times that I could perform this act in a week. That's fantastic. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is great. I can, like, work through, you know, things, try out new things, like, get things, like, tight and solid. Right, right, right. And um, so that was really cool. So, yeah, so that sort of act was mainly designed for, like, you know, stage you know right did, yeah did you now did you take inspirations from anything outside of like uh, like other performers outside of magicians oh all the time yeah i mean i think more today in my professional life mm-hmm. um but yeah growing up like you know lots of different uh, outside influences like everything like just movies theater you know travel um you know surfing you know yoga like right. today like I'm, I'm trying to create a show that's more you know, grounded and universal in a sense that 
all the props are like organic in a sense of like oh that's a coffee cup or that's a that's a dollar bill or, so or every day items right as yeah would as have. opposed to like the the box of pharaoh you <laughs> know like box the weird like oh that looks like a magic box <laughs> like that must be the, something he bought from the magic I, shop I feel like right? something's gonna happen with that box right and he, so he's gonna put a sword in it and right. <laughs> as opposed to like me pulling out a, a, a like this uh, coffee cup right you know and then um, like a, can I borrow your ring or using items that are very natural and and like you you know people are, are, are used to like seeing them every day right. and I think creating magic that way is like great because then it's just like right you know it takes away from the idea of that oh it's some sort of like gimmick or prop and it's you know no, it's, absolutely it's a craft yeah. now for how many when you were a kid and as you grew up how many how many times a day or how long did you pr- practice every day oh all the time i was so much better about practicing when i was younger and maybe it was just because i had the time like mm-hmm. you know i think it was just i would get home from school and instead of doing homework i'd want to go practice you know mm-hmm. i would actually like run the bird act in the garage to like mortal Kombat music and like drive my parents crazy you know <laughs> every time they just hear mortal Kombat, they just start crying like god damn it when's he gonna get out of this <laughs> please stop <laughs> stop it <laughs> pick another act at least a, pick a frank sinatra song or something <laughs> So, uh, so you said you kind of went to you went around the the U.S. a little bit, performed the Tropicana yeah. and things like that, uh, Atlantic City, uh, you uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, yeah, um, and then you moved to L.A. Yeah, uh, so I finally yeah moved yeah. Uh, to the big the big city. What was the what spurred it? What was kind of like you know what I'm going to move to L.A. Well, it was uh, a couple performers who were already living in L.A. Um, I worked with them in um, Lake Tahoe, mm-hmm. and we were performing at this the at the time it was called the Horizon Casino. Right. And I was working it was a it was a magic variety show so there was four different magic acts it was three young young magicians david blaine uh chris angel <laughs> chris angel right and a, a, a duo penn and teller right they, you and they were like them. super young and, <laughs> you know young, and just really really just, dorky right <laughs> but this guy danny cole and his now wife stacy mm-hmm. um were living in la and so the, the run ends in lake tahoe and i was just going to move back to san diego because that's just what I did like all my stuff was in storage and I lived in Lake Tahoe and I was like I'll just go back to San Diego because that's right. just what I do because that's where I was, I'm from and they're like why don't you move to LA I was like I don't know like that's like crazy like in my mind like that was a that's a crazy move like why would I want to do what are that you insane? and they convinced me they're like no I think you should move to LA and I was like all right so I like crashed on their couch for like a week while I found an apartment and then found like my first studio in uh in Hollywood, right off like Hollywood Boulevard and Wilcox, like right in the thick of Hollywood, <laughs> right, right, there. right there, right. And I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! Like I can see the Hollywood sign from my kitchen." <laughs> and then I was like, was soon realized, like, "Oh, this is terrible! Like this is the worst <laughs> this, place to live. This area ever is terrible." Oh yeah. What was so bad about it? Well, it was just like tourists and um, a lot of you know just drunk, just party people and. You know, I, I lived. I didn't have uh, a parking spot, so I had to like street park, and people would piss on my car and like mm-hmm. plug the locks up with gum and scratch my car and just you know stupid bullshit. You know, uh, it was just tough. It was just like a really tough uh, first move to LA. Like, and I remember those like first years were like the hardest, man. Three, four years. It was like I was broke. I was wasn't working. I was doing gigs like out of town in San Diego still. Like all my clients were down there. 
I didn't really have a name up here. Like I hadn't really built that name. Yeah, and, that, and that, it, that it takes a while in a city to really get things going. Like what, years. What, like, what year? Do you remember what year it was that you moved? Um. So that was what? Um. What we're in twenty seventeen, maybe like two thousand eight. I think I moved right. here. Two thousand eight. So, so about nine years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you move? You moved by yourself. It sounds like. So I moved by myself. I got myself a studio, and then uh, after that year was up, um, I was like, I need to get out of Hollywood. Like, I can't stand like it, that part of Hollywood. For those um, listening, Hollywood is fun for tourists. Yeah. When you actually live here, yeah, you don't uh, want to live in it, Hollywood. It, for the most part, is the worst. It it is. There's traffic. There's uh, uh, there's a lot there's of poverty, a lot of, a lot of yeah. Yeah, a lot of poverty, a lot of fake, a lot of crime, fake superheroes that yeah. just attack you for a picture or money. People trying to push their CDs on you that really don't even have anything on them, and they want like a two bucks for them. It can be stressful up in that area because it's of all of that. Just yeah. to let you know, there's some fun things up there if you're willing to, you know, push yourself up there. But for the most part, it having to pass through that area is incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I yeah I th- I agree. Um, so yeah, so I moved to the valley. I moved here to this okay. house, and I've been in this house ever since. We're um, in a house, by the way. Yeah, so when <laughs> we're in North Hollywood, and it's uh, super close to everything, mm-hmm. but also like nice and like removed, right. you know? Yeah, like absolutely. it's great, and it's like I, I'm, you know, you can still live in LA, but it's a know, very nice yeah, house. I love it. It's good. I like the antler uh, uh, chandelier you have. Thank you. It's very very nice. Do you also yeah. see the uh, cards? There's cards on oh, the ceiling. Oh, there's cards on the ceiling. I did not yeah. notice that. That's a magic trick. Oh. Yeah, so you sign a card, and then I throw the cards up, and the card sticks to the ceiling. Do I get to sign a card before I leave? I I, I think I think we should. Yeah. Go. I think we should go. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I just got really excited. Yes. Yeah. You don't even know. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, how did you prepare to move to LA? What was the kind of? Did you? Was it like? you know monday hey i'm gonna move to la friday i was here what, yeah you know, what was so there was really no preparation that the, my contract was ending at uh, in lake tahoe mm-hmm. and uh I, I literally crashed on my friend's couch for a week oh, wow. and i was just apartment hunting and i finally found a spot and it was like it was more than i wanted i like budgeted you know right. and uh i was like i borrowed some money from my parents and i was like you know, for the for the down payment, and um, and I got it, and it was uh, it was just kind of a thing that just happened, you know, uh, last minute, and and it was tough, man. Yeah, right. it wasn't easy. No job, really. No, no gigs, yeah. nothing. You know, I was yeah. like, I would, literally every weekend I was going down to San Diego to do shows. Right. Every single weekend, I was putting like, you know, 200, 300 miles a week on my on my truck. Oh wow. Yeah, just like back and forth, back now, and forth. Now looking back, is there something you would have done differently in the move to um, maybe make it easier or better for you? You know, I no, I mean, not really because it's like in in, in this line of work, like as an artist, there's no real right path for right. anything. So, um, you know, I'm glad I just I, I'm I'm glad I did it, you know, cuz like I feel like it's just taking that 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 initial step of the, the big step taking of the big plunge and, and just doing it, you know. I guess it also helped like I mean, yeah. it was still, it's still a drive, but you're not, you know, from, you know, Georgia. Yeah, exactly. So, so right. you're able to go get your stuff yeah, as exactly. much as you want right. and then bring, slowly bring it up and, and slowly like bring that. It so up. that does yeah. help, I'm sure. Totally. Uh that slow building. Right, right, life. right. Yeah. So what were your uh, initial impressions of LA? And Hollywood in general, and then also kind of what were the differences you noticed between San Diego or the La Jolla, Cardiff area, and and L.A.? Well, it's two different places. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, I, I I'd always 
you know, I I started coming up here when I was like 15, and you know, I I realized that it wasn't a San Diego like vibe to it. You know, like San Diego has this vibe where it's just it's really laid back. Everyone's kind of like you know they thinks they they think they're pretty cool down there, but everyone thinks they're cool up here in LA. You know, like everyone, it's like, you know it's just like a melting pot of everyone is not from LA and they, they all live here in LA. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a culture shock. You know, I, I think, um, it it took a long time to like find like friends that were like real. I was like, Oh, like real actual friends that, you know, um, cause I think a lot of people like move here and it's like kind of a transient city. Like people move in and move out, you know? And over the years I see that cycle of like, Oh, I'm going to try to make it. And then they try, they come in and then they get frustrated and leave real quick. And it takes years. Like, it's, a, it's a revolving door it's, city. Yeah, in right. A lot of ways. And it's also not a city that, like, it, it. it's one of those slow building. It's like anywhere. You know, it's like anything. Like, you have to give it time to, to really grow and flourish. You know, right. it's, uh, you know, it takes a long time to create those relationships and, and with people and stuff. Right. But, now, I, uh, going kind of back to performing a little yeah. bit. Um, now, I know you said that uh, uh, I, I watched your a stint or your your spot on the Penn and Teller I think fullest yeah. uh show and in the the little video package it talks about how you can, oh, yeah. you 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 relate doing yoga to uh magic doing yeah, magic yeah totally yeah um can you kind of just kind of go through like what that on the show a little bit of like how how you feel those connect yeah well um so that video package was kind of like they were just trying to like differentiate like our, us because it's like a so many magicians per per episode for that show, Penn and Teller fool us on the CW. And it's a show where you basically do a trick in front of yeah. Penn and Teller so you, and try, you try to, to fool, fool Penn and Teller, right? Which I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I wanna, which I want to ask you about yeah. that here in a little bit. Yeah, but we'll we'll get we'll get but back like, to that. Like yeah, so we were like trying to like come up with like different things, you know, to you know for those video packages, and they're like, oh, you do yoga? Oh, great. We haven't used that. Like, <laughs> let's do. You're gonna be the yoga magician. I was like, okay, like I do yoga, like not all the time you know like but they're like no we're going with that i was like okay i guess i'm gonna be the yoga magician i've never done yoga (laughs) right so yeah i don't know so i practice bikram yoga which is hot yoga Mm -hmm. and it's basically just you know that you drank too much the night before and you need to go sweat it out so yeah yeah that's the reason i started going (laughs) well actually no i read in a surfer magazine was like you wanna you wanna meet hot chicks and increase your surfing at the same time? Try Bikram yoga. Yeah, <laughs> it was. You know, it didn't speak that way, but that's the way I read it. I really yeah. see. I feel like that's how it was written. Was yeah. exactly yeah. that way, and it was literally just like a quarter of a page article. Yeah, <laughs> written by right. Samson the big way, big Kahuna. Right. His name is Brody. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of right. course, it's, of course, right. it's Brody. And then, and then, then got in parentheses, a cardio sort of after that. Yeah. yeah. In, in the parentheses, yeah, the big wave meister. Right. <laughs> the big wave meister. You're definitely not from California. No, no. not at all. No, no. I'm from uh, I'm from Texas. Yep. So. I, uh, I'm starting to. That's coming. That's coming. Yeah, oh. coming out. Yeah. Oh. No, it's fine. Oh. No, it's cool. Are we friends ju- still? Or no, I'm not judging you. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, Why do you hate me? No. <laughs> I like Texas. So, yeah. so, so, so when you do you mean? But do you believe? But that yeah. So yoga? yeah. So so we so we started like exploring the the similarities between like the practice, like yoga practice of right. um, technique and like learning something and and working on it over and over and over. And it's the same with sleight of hand, you know, like you, you work on something and it's like, that that's never going to like, I'll never be like 
I'll, I'll always be learning. I'll right. always be wor- working on technique for for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And I think that's the same with yoga. You know, you're you're constantly like working on something, and it's never perfect. Right. So uh, do do you have you ever thought about doing teaching a magic yoga class? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, people here love niche. Like yeah, right. Things like there's a I know there's a Hamilton spin class or like a Broadway spin class where they do Broadway music for their spin, you know, the the bicycling. So I'm thinking like I I can see people being like, "Oh my god, he does magic while he teaches me yoga." And then people would think like, you know, they'd be like, "Okay, now levitate." You know, like <laughs> they'd want to like see some like, you know, crazy yogi magic <laughs> right, right. like now do the downward dog, but in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's turned into a dog. Whoa. Like, <laughs> downward dog that's, to real dog. What? Just have this like. Bum, 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 I see bum, a bum, sketch bum. coming on. Right? I like this idea. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to be mystified and also Yo, find your core? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about like booking, ga- like performing, uh, live right. performing. Um, what what process did you go to book gigs? Like, what were your your ra- avenues and routes to do that? Yeah, so um, so I've always been very proactive in that in that like world, and I think it was because I started uh, performing professionally so young, you know, doing birthday parties. So I, you know, like originally it was um like a yellow page ad, right? And then I like created flyers, and I used to flyer cars. Like, remember, like, remember how mad you get like when you. Go to your like you go to the grocery store and then you find a flyer on your car like you feel so violated. Oh, well, I, I was that, that guy. I had those. You were the and flyer I w- guy. I would go to the grocery store and I, I would. Just, fly I need to talk to you real quick. Can you, <laughs> can you stop putting flyers. <laughs> so so like so I did that yellow pages ad. Um, right around like right when I was graduating from high school, a friend of mine. This was like the boom of search engine optimization and like the like SEO and. And like the internet advertising age, right? And uh, so my friend's one of his first companies that he created was um, uh, a search engine optimization company, and he wanted to test it using my website. So he created a website specifically. It was like a shopping cart website, but the shopping cart was turned off, and I didn't really sell products, but I sold a service-based business, right? And so he like created this whole website, and I was like number one for all the searches for magic. It was like. Corporate magic, number one. Joe Ward. Joe Ward. Trade show magician. Joe, Joe Ward. Ward. San Diego magician. <laughs> Joe, Joe Ward. Ward. <laughs> so I I was the king of... Red Robin magician. Right. Joe no, I was... Uh, overnight, I was like number one king on of magic Google in San Diego. That's for awesome. every, all these searches. And all these magicians were like, how did you do that? Like, what? Like, all these corporate magicians are like, you're not a corporate magician. You're just an 18-year-old schmuck, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. Did but. you get beef with other magicians? Well, no, it, it quickly, I quickly realized like that's something that you have to keep up and I didn't, you know, and like my friends, you know, like, you know, sold the company or like created a new company right? and, and I never kept up on it on my side. So that slowly dwindled and it got very popular and now it's like, oh, yeah, now, it's now you like, you know, Google AdWords are like five bucks a, you know, a, you know, a, a click or whatever it is for those targeted searches. But for a while, like I was getting a lot of uh, business from from the internet um but then the the, but then over the years i was like oh these are not the clients that i want because they're just shopping like they want like the best price right and my ideal client is not someone who's looking for the best price they wanted someone from angie's list right exactly for like yeah you know that will like do yoga magic or something right (laughs) or strip yeah (laughs) 
right? Hmm. Magic Mike. <laughs> Angie's list. <laughs> I've taken my pants off, and now it's a dove. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, so over the years, like, I've realized, like, I don't want people finding me who are, like, new clients or are just shopping. You right. Know? Because then they don't want me. Like, they just want a magician. Right. You know? So, so for me, it's, like, direct referrals and, like, word of mouth and, like, that sort of like grassroots like marketing works best for me, right? Um, because it's like, oh, we had this guy; he was awesome. You you need him, because then 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 it's not really about a price, you know. Right. It's it's like, oh no, we need you. It's about for the this. person. And yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. What um so when it came to like you know the 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 gigs at like a casino or you know the gigs up in Lake Tahoe, yeah, and totally. the, the Magic Castle kind of like what were what did you, is it very similar with like uh, a, a musician where you have like a PR book with clippings that you have to submit like a oh media, totally a, oh completely you know, yeah you're, you're so right so yeah so um you know the press packet or you know consisted of like a vhs videotape back in the day um and <laughs> a um, betamax tape a, like an eight by ten a resume and like a page of like testimonials of like you know like joel ward's a great magician we had him <laughs> for two years straight and he's awesome you know and i would send i want to meet this guy i would send these press ca- kits out to like uh show producers mm-hmm. and stuff and for the longest time i was like oh, i would send these things out nothing would come from it but then i realized like it was like farming because all of a sudden it was like i sent all these things out and then like five six years later those people would call and they'd be like hey uh we're interested in booking you now for this thing. And that's what happened in like Lake Tahoe. Right. Was like, I sent this press kit out like five years prior. Oh, and wow. he finally called. He was like, Oh, you want to do this like year long gig? I was like, Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, I, but I really, I, I realized I was like, Oh my God. Like, this is like, this is not like an overnight thing. Like, this is going to take a long time. And so, it's a, so it's almost very similar to where like you audition for something and you may not hear yeah, anything exactly. about it for a year. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, That's totally. interesting. Yeah. Okay, no, so. so I think there's like a lot of that, you know, of um, developing these relationships that might not sprout for years to come, you know. Um, I think that, yeah, I don't know. Do, um, you, do you have any uh, advice for people who are looking to that maybe get that, that big gig, that one year gig? Uh, about the how to maintain that relationship and how to kind of not get burnt out doing that for a year. What what, yeah. what would your advice be for someone like that's kind of maybe got their first year long, you know, yeah. gig? Um, well, I mean, uh, shoot, I mean, I, I I don't I don't know about like the the burnout like sec- uh, idea of it. Like I understand like right. there's a lot of magicians um, who have done like year long engagements or like. 10 15 year contracts in las vegas and i see them getting burned out and i watch them and they look burned out right you know like <laughs> like the, the 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 thrill is gone right the thrill's gone they're just like up there and they're like uh, just going through the moves and you're like okay this you're totally and here's the bird right yeah. and i want to nah. get myself <laughs> right can someone get me a vodka donut yeah but I mean, as far as like advice goes like i i, I don't know um i think it's specific to every single thing but um, I think just like planting a lot of seeds mm-hmm. and like also like putting a lot of stuff out there and like having a volume. Um, I think like with today's uh, internet like day, like, you know, having like a volume of like sharing stuff. I don't do it enough with like social media and right. videos and YouTube. Like I, I need to be better about that. But I think it's just like constantly creating and having a volume and putting a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where you're going to get good 
good stuff. Um, you get your stuff. Yeah. Um, now, you, as you said before, you did parties and stuff yeah. like that. Um, what was your? How did you prepare for a party? Like, what, what was your kind of? Did you keep a checklist? Did you kind of like change up your acts? Like, have a list of all your acts and go totally, do this man. and do this? Yeah, and, no, I was yeah all of the above. Um, I'm I, I'm all about the checklist. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the the to do list and the checklist. Like. I love the iPhone now with the notes because it syncs to my laptop and it's like my notes. I have a new note for like every single thing. Like nice. I have like 6,000 notes, you know, <laughs> but it's like very organized too. Right. where I'm like, Oh yeah, that goes in this like magic ideas or sketch ideas or whatever it is I'm working on. Right. Um, but yeah, like I would have um, a set list. I would like print out um, on like a, my computer I would print out the show order and then I would go through and like create like um, uh, a checklist for every single trick and then have like a master checklist for the show. Right. And then I would prep the show usually at the house before the gig. And then when I, when I arrive, I would go through and make sure everything was set up and I had every single prop and your brother um, was there and my brother was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, now it's a know, rabbit. I'm right? the real, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. it's a rabbit. Yeah. I'm the real star kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I still do that today. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of the same process, but you know, I think it was all, it, for me, it's like having the set list is like, it's like a, um, uh, like my roadmap or, you know, your business plan. Right. And then it's like, and then I can like, you know, figure out, you know, what I'm doing from that. Where, where do you, where do you, if I can, like, where do you keep all your stuff? All like, my props, all your stuff? props, and, and 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 things like that. Do you so, have a storage area? Or well, no? I, so I don't know if you can see this part of the house, but it, there's it's just a mess. Oh, I see. There's and a, then we're looking to the left of where we're sitting, right? <laughs> For and those then, so that can't there's see. like, look at that box, you know? <laughs> uh, there's the Pharaoh box, right? And so there's like, so there's like a lot of organized chaos over there, and then I have a big shed in the backyard okay. with like road cases and like props is it one of those things like if i walked in if someone who didn't know you were a magician walked in would they think this is the house of a crazy man oh completely right <laughs> oh he's got cats and magic boxes and a purple bird cage he's got swords dangling from the ceiling i don't understand what a weirdo what a, this yeah. guy is, and, his, and his van has a cage in it well i got a um a road case stolen from a theater once uh i was doing like a i was loading out in oceanside california at the i forget what theater it was like the star theater and I had my bird act road case sitting out there and I went back to like grab like my wardrobe or right. birds and I came back and it was gone. And it was like, you know, it was like a pretty cool looking road case. You know, it right. looked like it was probably music equipment or something. I just can't imagine the guy who stole it when he <laughs> opened it up, how disappointed he probably was. Right. Like, he was like, what the hell is this? It's Guys, like, look at this cool thing I just it's stole. A, it's a bird bath. Like, <laughs> what? Like, dove soap? Like, what am I going to do with, like, matches, you know, wrapped in gaffer's tape and, like, uh, you know, super glue and some friggin' duct tape? Like, like they were probably so disappointed. <laughs> and, yeah. and probably going, who was this guy? Yeah, completely. <laughs> who did this belong to that these items would be all together? Right, completely. <laughs> so funny. What is he doing with his life? Right. Well, then we know. We yeah. know. We know. We now know. <laughs> so um, you did. Now I know. Uh, as I mentioned before, you were on Bonnie Hunt show, uh, the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Um, how did those kind of gigs come about? Like Tosh, I know you did an appearance on Tosh Point Yeah. Um, how did those gigs come about? And kind of what what is different? How do you prepare differently for that kind of setting? And and you know, being on, on you know Penn and Teller show. Like, yeah. Well, how did sure. you prepare for those? So um, so moving out here to L.A. like. Um, 
I mean, this is where a lot of television is created. So it's like, you know, I started quickly meeting people who worked in television. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, like the Tonight Show, a magician uh, friend of mine was booking the talent for that show. And he saw me perform at the Magic Castle doing my bird act. And he's like, oh, we need a bird magician for the sketch. Like, so he remembered me. Mm -hmm. So it was just an association, like free association thing. And then um, some of the other stuff, like, um, so there was this TV show called Masters of Illusion mm-hmm. on the CW, and I, I, I think I vaguely remember that show. So I did, I did an appearance on that, mm-hmm. and they were doing their PR, getting ready to launch that show, and that's how the Bonnie Hunt show came from. Okay. So it was like, oh, he's going to be on this show, so the publicist needed a magician, mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, let's use Joel. Like, he's, you know, 20s, and, you know, he's like, you know, we, we just need a front man for this show. Right. So I was luckily, like, got to do that, you know, talk show, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, that, you know, I think just, you know, having one led to others, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, they're like, oh, well, this guy's done I've seen him before. On that right, right, right. And, Absolutely. And then you have, like, kind of a, you know. A resume and a right know, it builds video from index, there. right? Do you feel you have? How do you prepare differently for like the filmed, like a filmed uh, uh, trick versus like uh, you know just a regular live performance? Yeah. So I it, there's two different like um, there's like live, mm-hmm. you know, like news and like live to tape TV shows, and right. then there's also the ones that if you screw up, you can you just re- <laughs> redo another take, right? I feel like most of them are live to tape, mm-hmm. you know, like most television. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's weird because usually for television, everything's like kind of customized for the program. So it's like, oh, we want you to do two minutes, you know, but we want you to do that six minute act in two minutes. So it's like really tough. Right. And then uh, you also have to like be very mindful of like if you're using music, like it can't be copywritten. If you're wearing like logos or if I have like a Wilson tennis bag, I have to cover it up and like change the Wilson tennis balls to uh, make my own Photoshop version of generic tennis balls. And like, so there's like a a lot of that kind of stuff that goes into planning. Right. um, Which is really like, you wouldn't think about it, but you kind of need to do that for legal reasons and stuff. Absolutely. um, like going back to like Tosh Bono, you mentioned Tosh Bono. So I was performing at this comedy club, the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, and uh, we were. I was like, uh, basically, it was like tag team. So I was like, I would bring on the next comic, mm-hmm. and I saw on the list. I was like, oh, I have to bring on this guy named Daniel Tosh, and I, <laughs> but I didn't know who he was. Right. So I wrote his name on my hand, you know, and it was like in Sharpie, and it started like smearing. I was like sweating through my act. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this next guy, I don't know. He says he has his own TV show on Comedy Central. Please welcome Danny Tash. And <laughs> so he comes up and he's like, oh, like, who's this magician? He doesn't know my name. Good like, old Danny Tash. Yeah, so he like rips on me for like 10 minutes. And like <laughs> his first like 10 minutes is like making fun of magic and, and me. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like that was good because when they needed a magician for his show, right. Tosh know, they're like, oh, let's get that magician that right. butchered my name. <laughs> and without me doing that, he probably wouldn't have even remembered right. me. You know, but, it was like, fantastic. It kind of worked yeah, out for so it kind of, it's really weird how like things like, you know, right. like you can't, you know, just plan, serendipitous plan for, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Um, now you, you've done, I think you said you prefer smaller crowds for sure over bigger crowds just yeah. for the intimacy and right. stuff like that. Um, you've also performed around the world. Uh, what, I mean, what, how do 
what are the audience's reactions like around the world? Around the world? How do they do like It's different yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Like, Europe is totally different from, like, Asia. And, like, in Asia, like, Korea is different from Japan. And Japan's different from China. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, I find that um, Asian audiences really love magic. Uh, I, I, and maybe it's just the magic that I was, you know, performing at the time, but, um, they're just like really into it. Like, uh, Korea, Korea's great. Like mm-hmm. uh, South Korea, like I performed there like three times and they're just such like a, a, a polite audience and they would just like applaud and then just gasp and like, they just love it. Like right. they really love it. Japan, same thing. Like, like the sweetest, like most like appreciative audiences right. you know like really respectful they're, yeah they're incredibly like respectful. quiet listening like applause like great and then like i performed a few times in macau in china and they're like crazy like just loud and like running around the audience and like and like just talking and like no no it was just chaos you know right. just total complete chaos um, but also they loved it, you know, it right. was like really, really great. I've talked to some wrestlers who've wrestled in Japan yeah. and, and that they've always said like, you never knew if you were doing a good job because they're so quiet oh, yeah. and respectful that the claps, like you could do like in America, you do a huge, you know, a move that right. in America people would go crazy for right. and they'll just soft clap. Right. But like they said, like after the match, people come like, that was amazing. Like, yeah. Just, but during it, they would never know yeah. how excited they were. Well, with the Japanese audience also, they're used to giving their appreciation at the end of the performance. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll applaud, you know, at the very, very end. So they're like, oh, we don't want to interrupt. Right. You they know? let you go through the whole yeah. thing. That's so interesting. Um, so uh, Europe is very different. Every country in Europe is very different how they react to magic. I found like the uh, in, in Italy and Spain was really fun. Um, I found in Amsterdam uh, they weren't. They were like a little bit more like, oh, magic. Oh, that's kind of like not cool. Really, it's kind of corny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did you do your you know? strip magic? <laughs> I didn't. Amsterdam right? would have been, right? been on board for that. Hot magic, right? <laughs> <laughs> joint, 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 joint production, right? Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's very different everywhere I go. It's like people react differently to it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, do you have a, Do you have a preference? Is there like have you Do you have like a favorite place uh, to perform a country outside of the U.S.? You know, you I love South America. Mm-hmm. I love South America, like um, Mexico, um, all of like Central America. I I think Brazil was probably my favorite place to perform because. Their just reactions were just bigger than life, and right. they were just so like, you know, just they was just so fun. Like they really enjoyed reacting, you know, and and to the magic. So I want to ask to kind of go back to that that the the pin and teller real quick, the the full us. Oh yeah. So I'm watching this. Uh-huh. How did you? First of all, how did you come up with that act? The because you, the you tennis it's, it's a whole kind of tennis ball tennis act that you have uh, on yeah. the show. If you if you get a chance, go to Joel Ward's. Uh, YouTube channel and it's on there. It's about eight minutes long, uh, and it's it's fantastic. He does it with uh, um, Allison Hannigan. Uh, what? How did you kind of create that? So that act was created at that table over there. Um, I had just uh, I was hanging out with a, a non magician friend. This guy, my friend Kevin mm-hmm. Glickman, and he's just like this like really cool eccentric like brainy dude. He's just like really smart guy, and we play tennis one afternoon. And we came back from playing tennis, and he had seen my show, and he was like, oh, you know that classic, like, 
bill in the orange trick where you sign a hundred dollar bill and it ends up inside of the orange he's like i wonder if you could do that with a tennis ball i was like oh what what do you got in mind kevin and we started <laughs> we started cutting open tennis balls and we created like the first part of that trick with like the ring and the tennis ball right that afternoon so oh, awesome. it was really just from playing a game of tennis so it was almost reverse engineered where you yeah. start at the end yeah exactly kind of and then the, the, and, the and most magic's created reverse engineered mm-hmm. So we always come up with the idea first and then reverse engineer on how to do it. Right. So um, we started cutting open tennis balls and, and, you know, created that sort of, it's basically the bill and lemon, mm-hmm. but with a ring and a tennis ball. So oh, that's it's awesome. the same kind of idea. So uh, so in the show, now I'm sure it's television, it's probably, there's probably edited stuff, oh, but yeah. in the, in the show at the end, when they're, t- when Penn and Teller are talking, they're like, but you didn't fool us. Like they, yeah. but there's no like. Obviously, they don't want to give away right. the secrets on on air because that's against the code and stuff. So, do they talk to you afterwards to go? This is how you didn't fool us. Like, yeah. So, because it, it's, it's like my thing is like they could just say that like you didn't fool us and like oh right okay. So it's it's kind of um okay. So the way that show works is there's two magicians that are like the actual judges above Penn and Teller. Okay, uh, Johnny Thompson and this guy named Michael Close. And they are like in the sound booth, and they they have direct communication to Penn and Teller, and they know how the trick is done because you perform it for them and then reveal your secret to these two guys, mm. and um, so so then they're guessing. So then Penn and Teller are guessing on how it works, and then talking to these guys, and they'll say either yes or no. Oh, gotcha. So okay. they're not directly telling. Penn and Teller how the trick is done, but they're right. acting as the the judge. They to, they know how because it's they done. know how it's done. Okay, so they're like, we're guessing he did this, and then they'll be like, yeah, basically, like okay, because so, I'm just like, because like they just say, they just go, you didn't fool us, and there's no explanation of like how they know that, and right. I'm like, oh, so so that particular trick I did on a TV show with Joan Rivers back in the day with Penn Jillette. Oh wow! So he had already seen me do that act. <laughs> so we were performing uh, years ago on uh, Joan Rivers. It was like actually the year that she passed away. Oh wow! And um, so we were performing at the Magic Castle, and so he had he knew that act like he was watching it, like he introduced me. So after you know, so after we shot Penn and Teller fool us, he came up to me. He's like, "Oh, dude, didn't we do that thing with Joan Rivers?" And like, you know, but Teller had never seen it. Right. Um. But yeah, I. They didn't want to reveal. I think they're very mindful of not wanting to reveal the secrets on television. Right. No. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and I took that. That's why I was wondering. Like, did they come up to you afterwards? Like, yeah. So it's like, how can? How do they prove? Like, I mean, you take it so for the word. There's but. so many. Like with that particular act, there's so many layers of like. It's not just one trick. Right. There's like ten or fifteen things going on at, for that trick to accom- be accomplished. No. So, I don't know if they knew how every single bit worked. Right. But. The main concept, you know, they of like they're like, okay, we kind of get, we kind of get it. How so, was Allison Hannigan? She was cool. Yeah, yes, yeah, she was really cool. So, do you still um, have the ball with her signature? Yeah, actually, I do. It's in my <laughs> office. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah, she was she was really sweet. Um, we talked before, and um, she was great. Yeah. So, uh, the, obviously, the, the the platform for like you even mentioned earlier, YouTube and and things like that has kind of changed of how you can get your stuff visually out as a as a performer totally um how do you feel how, do you feel that's helped more than it's hurt or it's hurt more than it's helped or wow is yeah. it 50 50 yeah that's a that's a good uh question um i don't know i i, mean, I feel like 
it's good and bad you know good in a sense that uh you can quickly get stuff out there and like be seen by more people right as opposed to you know doing a show and being seen by 50 or 100 at a time you know right. you can get more eyeballs on you um bad in a sense that there's a lot of shitty content out there you know a lot of people just dump stuff on the internet you know so there's just so much you know and it's it's hard to um put quality content out there you know especially with like social media and like you know everything is like so like you know like instagram videos are like 15 seconds long and it's like how do you do a magic trick in 15 seconds or you know right you know and everything's just like it's just like attention spans are just like decreasing by the year you know it's right, like absolutely. we're so edd <laughs> and information is so easily attainable now that it's just like you know if you don't capture someone's attention in 10 or 15 seconds like you don't you don't got them right you know? have you seen any have you seen like one of your acts done by somebody else online has somebody like um like copied your act i've or? had like that like happen in the magic community before um where people would like take something and and do it is it, is it see them and, is that really, and that's is frustrating it, is it like comedy where that's kind of a big no-no in the magic yeah community? yeah but it, it happens more in the magic community as opposed to like if a comedian does it it's like they're just up there on a mic like directly stealing somebody's joke right and they're like Psh, that's not yours but with a magician like they'll sugarcoat it and like change one prop or right. you know add a different song and be like oh now it's mine you know <laughs> uh but it happens all the time in the magic community right and there's also like a lot of tricks that magicians can buy like a routine mm -hmm. so you can like go and be like oh i'm gonna buy the the bill and the yarn trick you know and then everyone starts doing the bill and the yarn trick you know the it's old like, bill and the yarn you trick. know the classics yeah <laughs> so that old crowd pleaser right the bill and the yarn <laughs> oh yes oh, one day right. what did you think of now you see me no <laughs> oh, his, oh, face. his oh. face how much time do we have Is oh that wow face? <laughs> yeah let's not go down well that I, was, road. I was gonna ask what are your like how do you feel about how magicians are portrayed in, uh, in television and film um well most of the time it's usually like the corny birthday party dork right. magician you know like right. you know then you, then you had like job you know arrested development right which was like really fun <laughs> right. cuz it like brought this like humor mm -hmm. to magic but most of the time it's just like a very dark like stage magician like doing you know it's like very cliche they style they magic. always mimic almost like chris angel or right. david blaine yeah exactly style. Um, but then there's like a ton of movies that came out like The Illusionist and The Prestige. Mm -hmm. And then after that was like Now You See Me. And then there was like Burt Wonderstone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, just now a slight just came out Friday, uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, uh, a movie about a magician that I actually got to consult on a little bit, oh, nice. um, which was kind of cool. And then um, I just worked on this Disney film that's coming out uh, this summer called Magic Camp. And it's a it's a full feature uh, film that Steve Martin wrote. He sold it to Disney. They rewrote it like seven different times. Um, but it stars Jeffrey Tambor and Jillian Jacobs and um, Adam Devine and all these kid, great kid actors. And I got to uh, work with a team of magicians behind the scenes and teach the actors how to do the magic. Oh, that's fantastic! And the whole movie's about magic, so it's like super fun to like see movies and TV like utilizing magic because. You know, when it's put on the screen and, you know, people are thinking about magic and, right. you know, um, 
indirectly it puts money in my pocket because <laughs> people are like, oh, we should have a magician for our, our holiday party this year. Right. And they call magicians, and yeah, it's great. Uh, so just kind of wrapping up, what are your favorite magic tricks? Oh, man. Um, so I love close-up magic mm-hmm. is, is my favorite type of magic. So I love card tricks. I love doing card tricks. Like, I'm obsessed with card tricks. Is so. there a particular card trick that you um, prefer? I don't think it's a particular card trick. I think it's just uh, the, the they're just like it. you know they're so it's such a small thing to like carry around, and there's so many tricks you can do with one deck of cards, right? You know, so the you know the possibilities are just endless, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I just love uh, you know doing magic where it's just you know like fun reveals, you know, like uh, think of a card, mm-hmm. you know that card ends up in my wallet or whatever it is. It's just right. like it's really fun. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, right? Card tricks are probably my favorite, yeah. Uh, do, uh, is there a, a trick that you've created that you're the proudest of? Um. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's hard to say. Um. I mean, I love doing the, the ring and the tennis ball. Like, mm-hmm. now I've, like, done it so long that I'm getting kind of, like, sick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's my next trick that I'm going to create? Right. But, um, yeah, that one's really fun. I, I also, like, do a trick in space where it's, like, a signed card ends up in a space suit okay so it's like i'm wearing a space like an astronaut outfit <laughs> and it's like magic in space <laughs> and uh so that one's kind of cool it's very unique and people ask, wonder why magic seems so dorky yeah right well thank you so much for coming on yeah man. Uh, with us do you have any just kind of final tips for anybody out there that wants to become a magician or is working on being a magician any, yeah for any, sure any, um, any, any advice you know i mean i think with uh today's like uh internet uh they're they're so fortunate because today you can learn magic everywhere on the internet and you can do like seven dollar downloads and learn classics that would take someone years to like you know figure out how to like read from a manuscript or a book right you know and they're actually like downloads and you can watch them and learn from actually like the creators of these tricks um there's just so much of um information out there and it's so easy to learn today right? Uh, because of the, the sort of video instructions and video tutorials and stuff. Um, I just say, like, learn a lot of magic. Do good magic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one thing I'm realizing, like, as I get older, like, my looks will, you know, I'll, I'll get older and I'll get unattractive and, and they're not going to really care about the presentation or, like, oh, that's a cool young guy doing magic. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, I got to do good magic, like right. you know, because that's really what matters. You know, is like the trick. So you know, doing good magic, and then also just you know, um, practicing and just like getting out there and 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 performing and just having fun with it. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything uh, coming up uh, around the May May June? Yeah. So I'll be. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll be at the Magic Castle um, the end of May, um, uh, which is kind of cool. It's an invite only place. So, uh, been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so if you need an invitation, uh, don't call good me. Luck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll be at this, uh, place called the loft theater up in heavenly village in Lake Tahoe. Okay. Uh, I'll be up there for, um, uh, the first two weeks of July. Um, so that's really fun. And I, I post all my uh, public shows on my website. That's what I was say, where can people yeah, find you? Joelward.com. Mm-hmm. You can go to the tour page or, yeah, on, on there and uh, see where I'm performing. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you have a Twitter? That yeah, they so follow? Twitter, Joel Ward, uh, Facebook, Joel Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that's different is my Instagram. Joel Ward was taken. Oh, okay. 
so I'm Joel Perry Roar. Ooh. Yeah. P E R R Y. <laughs> so. That's there you go. And then uh, you have the YouTube channel uh, YouTube, where people can watch yeah. some of your videos. And yeah, I, I know you have like a you have a really cool uh, like black and white commercial. Oh yeah, video on there which was, oh, really, was it's like yeah it's like a minute long but it's it's really like, just fun to it was oh, really thanks, cool to man. watch. Oh my friend directed that he's a director he does like films and stuff. He did a great job it and really uh, good. he he wanted to do it um you know so he completely that was his idea and he's like. All right, you just do your do your sleight of hand, and he created that. So. It was it was it was. I feel like when I was watching, I was like, I feel like this. If you were doing like a big tour mm-hmm. show, yeah, this were what would play before you oh, before? came on stage. Oh, like, cool. I feel like magic is about right. bending the mind. Like, yeah, 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 totally. But it's like you doing some tricks and black and white, and then it's like it goes dark, and then you appear somewhere. In the well, it's so funny because he like scripted out this like voiceover for me to say. Mm-hmm. And then I read it, and he's just like, he's like, you're just not an actor. He's like, you're just, you do not know how to read these lines. He's like, just, he, so he just started interviewing me and talking to me, and it, so it became more natural. natural. And then he just like took the sound clip that he That's wanted. Right. So go check it out. Find him on Twitter. Find him on Facebook, joelward.com. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Do you mind, yeah, man. Do you mind staying for a little bit longer, talking a little more about Let's do it. LA and stuff? Great. Cool. Uh, so look for that in the next episode. Uh, thank you again. You're and back to you, Michael and Daniel, in the studio. Thank you, Daniel. That was such a fun episode to record. Uh, I've been uh, a huge fan of magic since I was a kid. Uh, like I said in the, the the recording, I wanted to be a magician for a while, and so it was so much fun to meet one and see him do tricks live, and and it was just a, that kid in me, that imaginative kid in me, just was just giddy with excitement. Um, unfortunately, Michael could not be here to record the outro for uh, part one with me. He is celebrating the bachelor party of his friend ba- Brandon Baruch. Uh, congratulations, Brandon, on your upcoming wedding. Uh, but just a few things that I know me and uh, Michael have talked about about this recording. Um, one of the things that really hit us was when he talked about how he prefers, when Joel talks about how he prefers to perform in front of a more intimate crowd and I think that's because as as a writer I'm the same way I think we enjoy seeing the reactions you know when I was reacting to Joel's magic you could see how much joy that brought him and I think that's that's a big part of that is when you're close and intimate it becomes a relationship more than just a performance and so uh, I definitely can relate to that, and I think Michael can as well. Um, also, you know, we we also talked a lot about um, the idea of getting better and working on your craft, and something Joel said that really hit us was that he said that uh, I'll always be learning. I'll always be working on my technique the rest of my life. And that really struck us as well. I know Michael, had that really impacted him, that idea of always continually being better and making sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are better than you so you can get better and never thinking that you have reached the pinnacle of what you can do and who you are and that's really exciting that's really something I think that we all should strive for Um, and you know I I feel that you work so hard to pursue these dreams and the people in, in people that are listening now I'm sure are in the same boat you work so hard you take the classes you submit the headshots and there's times where you feel like a failure. You feel like you're not getting it in class and you don't book that audition. And it's important to remember that there's going to be those times, there's going to be those moments, but 
you'll get past them and you'll be better for it because you'll learn something from it. I apologize if you hear the construction work behind me. Yeah, I think it's important to remember to always do your best, but always be willing to learn from the failures and from the people around you. Never think that you are there, that you've made it, you're the top. Because I don't think there is a top. There's never a top. There's people who are great. There's people that are going to be better than you at certain things, but they're still learning. They're still getting better. And so always be ready to learn. Always be willing to accept knowledge from whoever's willing to give it. And then you can decide whether it's something that you need. And, you know, that's up to you. It's up to you to take someone's critiques or someone's uh, thoughts about a performance you do or what you're doing. That's up to you. You don't have to take it. So don't get mad when someone gives you advice. It's up to you to take it. Just say thank you and walk away. Um, but that was that was a lot of fun. It was really fun. I, you know, yeah, it was great. Um, just a reminder, we did have a week one contest for anybody that left us a review on iTunes. Uh, we want to thank everyone who left us a review. Um, and those that just send a tweet or a text message to us. It's been amazing reading everybody's responses. Uh, a friend of mine um, was texting me while he was uh, listening to some of the episodes, and that was a lot of fun to see his on-the-spot responses to things. Um, so thank you so much to everyone who just downloaded the episodes last week. We really appreciate it. We have so much great stuff coming. Uh, we're going to draw the name uh, as soon as Michael gets back, which I believe he's back tomorrow. And so we will have the winner for you on Act 2 of Joel's episodes and that winner will receive an iTunes gift card um, we will spot you know we will feature him on our website him or her on our website with whatever their hustle is um, they will also receive a 8x10 uh, of Michael and I signed uh, photo that we took for a photo shoot uh, taken by a fantastic photographer Eric Carroll at Eric Carroll Photography uh, so definitely take a look at that but thank you thank you so much we'll be doing a lot more giveaways we have some great things in store for the future for engagement with you guys because we want to be there we want to talk we want to chat with you guys um, also don't forget right now if you're in LA the Hollywood Fringe Festival is going on uh, you can go to hollywoodfringe.org for tickets they have some great shows coming up it's pretty much a celebration of theater it's going on all through june down santa monica boulevard and uh, around the la just tons of plays all day every day and all night it's just it's great so take a look hollywoodfringe.org it's you're going to see plays that are the normal type plays you're going to see unique plays uh that you maybe never even thought you'd ever see um, but it's a great chance for people who've worked really hard on their scripts to get actors and get it produced for a low amount of money. But sometimes these things skyrocket. They do so well, someone picks it up to do it at a theater, or they're able to raise money to do a, a professional performance in a theater, a run. And I know Michael was in a show that premiered at, at Hollywood Fringe and New York Fringe, and um, that he was able to be cast in the version when they decided to do a full run with a set and everything. So. Uh, you never know what's going to happen to these shows, so see them first before they become huge hits, and you can say, I saw it first, and be all cool like that. Uh, that's, you know, that's always exciting. Uh, speaking of websites, after you go to hollywoodfringe.org, make sure you visit our website at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. We're also on social media, Facebook, Hollywood Hustle Podcast, uh, Twitter, at LA Hustlecast, and we are also on Instagram, uh, Hollywood Hustle Podcast. Uh, we post every day. We ask questions. We post uh, quotes and pictures from behind the scenes with uh, quotes from the, the artists we've talked to. 
Um, but yeah, we have some great stuff. We want to, we want to hear from you, comment, talk to us. You know, we, we want to talk to you. We want to chat with you guys. If you have any questions, uh, if you have any questions for Joel or, uh, Jessica or Kurt, give us an email our email address is Hollywood hustle podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Hollywood hustle podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll send it to them. When they answer it, we'll read it and answer it on one of the intros, outros in the future. Uh, and we'll, we'll let you, we'll give you the answer you need. So if you want to ask Kurt something about Glee or about buffering or about POV or his podcast Story Matters with Kurt uh, Mega, send it our way. If you want to ask a question about bootleg theater and the shows they do there, send it our way. If you want to ask Joel how he does his tricks, send it our way and we'll see if he'll answer. Uh, but yeah, send us an email. We, we want to talk to you guys. But thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun. Coming Thursday, we have Act 2 with Joel Ward. Uh, on that episode, Joel uh, will talk about uh, imagination and creativity. Uh, we talk about um, our stances as writers and actors and magicians and certain various uh, uh, modes and how we work on our craft uh we talk about so much how uh illusions are created and how that's the same almost as a script is created so we have a lot of great stuff coming up so definitely take a listen thursday uh june uh 15th that'll be coming out so thank you so much for listening and always remember keep up the hustle This episode of the Hollywood Hustle podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, please visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.